Today is Monday, May 31st. Welcome to Loving the Word. I'm Reggie. It is awesome being here with you today. We are continuing in the book of Judges in the Old Testament. And in the New Testament, we will begin the book of John. So when we get there, I will give a brief summary of the book of John. But to begin with, we'll be in Judges chapter 11, verse 1, through chapter 12, verse 15. Jephthah the Gileadite was a valiant warrior, but he was the son of a prostitute, and Gilead was his father. Gilead's wife bore him sons, and when they grew up, they drove Jephthah out and said to him, You will have no inheritance in our father's family, because you are the son of another woman. So Jephthah fled from his brothers and lived in the land of Tob. Then some worthless men joined Jephthah and went on raids with him. Sometime later, the Ammonites fought against Israel. When the Ammonites made war with Israel, the elders of Gilead went to get Jephthah from the land of Tob. They said to him, Come, be our commander, and let's fight the Ammonites. Jephthah replied to the elders of Gilead, Didn't you hate me and drive me out of my father's family? Why then have you come to me now when you're in trouble? They answered, Jephthah, That's true, but now we turn to you. Come with us, fight the Ammonites, and you will become leader of all the inhabitants of Gilead. So Jephthah said to them, If you are bringing me back to fight the Ammonites, and the Lord gives them to me, I will be your leader. The elders of Gilead said to Jephthah, The Lord is our witness if we don't do as you say. So Jephthah went with the elders of Gilead. The people made him their leader and commander, and Jephthah repeated all his terms in the presence of the Lord at Mizpah. Jephthah sent messengers to the king of the Ammonites, asking, What do you have against me, that you have come to fight me in my land? The king of the Ammonites said to Jephthah's messengers, When Israel came from Egypt, they seized my land from the Arnon to the Jabbok in the Jordan. Now restore it peacefully. Jephthah again sent messengers to the king of the Ammonites, to tell him. This is what Jephthah says, Israel did not take away the land of Moab or the land of the Ammonites, but when they came from Egypt, Israel traveled through the wilderness to the Red Sea and came to Kadesh. Israel sent messengers to the king of Edom, saying, Please let us travel through your land, but the king of Edom would not listen. They also sent messengers to the king of Moab, but he refused. So Israel stayed in Kadesh. Then they traveled through the wilderness and around the lands of Edom and Moab. They came to the east side of the land of Moab and camped on the other side of the Arnon. 
but did not enter into the territory of Moab. For the Arnon was the boundary of Moab. Then Israel sent messengers to Sion, king of the Amorites, king of Heshbon. Israel said to him, Please, let us travel through your land to our country. But Sion would not trust Israel to pass through his territory. Instead, Sion gathered all his troops, camped at Jahaz, and fought with Israel. Then the Lord God of Israel handed over Sion and all his troops to Israel, and they defeated them. So Israel took possession of the entire land of the Amorites, who lived in that country. They took possession of all the territory of the Amorites, from the Arnon to the Jabbok, and from the wilderness to the Jordan. The Lord God of Israel has now driven out the Amorites before his people Israel, and will now force us out. Isn't it true that you can have whatever your God Chemosh conquers for you, and we can have whatever the Lord our God conquers for us? Now are you any better than Balak, son of Zippor, king of Moab? Did he ever contend with Israel or fight against them? While Israel lived 300 years in Heshbon and Arior and their surrounding villages, and in all the cities that are on the banks of the Arnon, why didn't you take them back at that time? I have not sinned against you, but you are doing me wrong by fighting against me. Let the Lord, who is the judge, decide today between the Israelites and the Ammonites. But the king of the Ammonites would not listen to Jephthah's message that he sent them. The Spirit of the Lord came on Jephthah, who traveled through Gilead and Manasseh, and then through Mizpah of Gilead. He crossed over to the Ammonites from Mizpah of Gilead. Jephthah made this vow to the Lord. If you in fact hand over the Ammonites to me, whoever comes out the doors of my house to greet me when I return safely from the Ammonites will belong to the Lord and I will offer that person as a burnt offering. Jephthah crossed over the Ammonites to fight against them, and the Lord handed them over to him. He defeated twenty of their cities with a great slaughter from Arior all the way to the entrance of Minith and to Abel Kirimam. So the Ammonites were subdued before the Israelites. When Jephthah went to his home in Mizpah, there was his daughter, coming out to meet him with tambourines and dancing. She was his only child. He had no other son or daughter besides her. When he saw her, he tore his clothes and said, No, not my daughter. You have devastated me. You have brought great misery on me. I have given my word to the Lord and could not take it back. Then she said to him, My father, you have given your word to the Lord. Do to me as you have said, for the Lord brought vengeance on your enemies, the Ammonites. She also said to her father, Let me do this one thing. Let me wander two months through the mountains with my friends and mourn my virginity. Go, he said, 
and he sent her away two months. So she left with her friends and mourned her virginity as she wandered through the mountains. At the end of two months, she returned to her father, and he kept the vow he had made about her, and she had never been intimate with a man. Now it became a custom in Israel that four days each year, the young women of Israel would commemorate the daughter of Jephthah the Gileadite. The men of Ephraim were called together and crossed the Jordan to Zaphon. They said to Jephthah, Why have you crossed over to fight against the Ammonites, but didn't call us to go with you? We will burn your house with you in it. Then Jephthah said to them, My people and I had a bitter conflict with the Ammonites, so I called for you. But did you deliver me from their power? When I saw that you weren't going to deliver me, I took my life in my own hands and crossed over to the Ammonites, and the Lord handed them over to me. Why then have you come today to fight against me? Then Jephthah gathered all of the men of Gilead. They fought and defeated Ephraim, because Ephraim had said, You Gileadites are Ephraimite fugitives in the territories of Ephraim and Manasseh. The Gileadites captured the fords of the Jordan, leading to Ephraim. Whenever a fugitive from Ephraim said, Let me cross over, the Gileadites asked him, Are you an Ephraimite? If he answered no, they told him, Please say Shibboleth. If he said Sibboleth, because he could not pronounce it correctly, they seized him and executed him at the fords of the Jordan. At that time, 42,000 from Ephraim died. Jephthah judged Israel six years, and when he died, he was buried in one of the cities of Gilead. Ibsen was from Bethlehem, judged Israel after Jephthah, and had 30 sons. He gave his 30 daughters in marriage to men outside the tribe, and brought back 30 wives for his sons from outside the tribe. Ibsen judged Israel seven years, and when he died, he was buried in Bethlehem. Elon, who was from Zebulun, judged Israel after Ibzan. He judged Israel ten years, and when he died, he was buried in Ajalon in the land of Zebulun. After Elon, Abdon, son of Hillel, was from Pirathon, judged Israel. He had forty sons and thirty grandsons, who rode on seventy donkeys. Abdon judged Israel eight years, and when he died, he was buried in Pirathon in the land of Ephraim, in the hill country of the Amalekites. Now we're getting to the book of John. So, while the other three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, portray Jesus as the King, the Servant, and the Son of Man, John portrays Jesus as the Son of God. John stated his theme 
more clearly than any of the other gospel writers. He wrote so that his readers might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. He said in John chapter 20 verse 31, so that they might have life in his name. To accomplish that goal, John presented a riveting and distinctive picture of Jesus Christ, one in complete unity with the portraits and the other three Gospels, but one that also adds significantly to the Bible's revelation of Jesus Christ, the God-man. John used a variety of techniques to communicate to his readers the nature of Jesus. These include his citation of Jesus' seven I am statements in which Jesus spoke of himself in terms such as the light of the world, the resurrection and the life, and the way, and the truth, and the life. Much of John's gospel might be called the book of signs as it recounts Jesus' performing of seven different miracles, such as the turning water to wine at Cana and raising Lazarus from the dead at Bethany. These miracles illustrate his identity as the Son of God. And also one of the, probably the most famous verse in all the world is John 3.16. So now we begin the book of John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 28. Excuse me for I, I'm fighting a cold at this time. So, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were created through Him, and apart from Him, not one thing was created that has been created. In Him was life and that life was the light of men. That light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was created through him, and yet the world did not recognize him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, he gave them the right to be children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born not of natural descent, or of the will of the flesh, or of the will of man, but of God. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We observed His glory, the glory as the one and only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning Him and exclaimed, This was the one of whom I said, The one coming after me ranks ahead of me, because he existed before me. Indeed, we have all received grace upon grace from his fullness. 
for the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the one and only Son, who is himself God and is at the Father's side. He has revealed him. This was John's testimony when the Jews from Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him, Who are you? He didn't deny it, but confessed, I am not the Messiah. What then? they asked him. Are you Elijah? I am not, he said. Are you the prophet? No, he answered. Who are you then? they asked. We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What can you tell us about yourself? He said, I am a voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. Just as Isaiah the prophet said, Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. So they asked him, Why then do you baptize if you aren't the Messiah or Elijah or the prophet? I baptize with water, John answered them. Someone stands among you, but you don't know him. He is the one coming after me, whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to untie. All this happened in Bethany, across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. Psalm chapter 101, a psalm of David. I will sing of faithful love and justice. I will sing praise to you, Lord. I will pay attention to the way of integrity. When will you come to me? I will live with a heart of integrity in my house. I will not let anything worthless guide me. I hate the practice of transgression. It will not cling to me. A devious heart will be far from me. I will not be involved with evil. I will destroy anyone who secretly slanders his neighbor. I cannot tolerate anyone with haughty eyes or an arrogant heart. My eyes favor the faithful of the land so that they may sit down with me. The one who follows the way of integrity may serve me. No one who acts deceitfully will live in my palace. The one who tells lies will not be retained here to guide me. Every morning I will destroy all the wicked of the land, wiping out all evildoers from the Lord's city. Proverbs chapter 14, verses 13 and 14. Even in laughter a heart may be sad, and joy may end in grief. The disloyal one will get what its conduct deserves, and a good one what his deeds deserve. This concludes our reading for today. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this new day. We thank you for all your blessings. We ask that you would come, Holy Spirit, and guide us this day. 
and help us to worship you, God, in spirit and in truth. Please heal our bodies. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you once again for joining me today. It is a joy to spend this time with you each and every day. And hopefully I'll be over this cold soon. Um, for it makes it a little more difficult to read. <laughs> but anyways, uh, I hope you have a great week and a great beginning of your week. And thank you to all you veterans out there. We really appreciate your service to this great country of ours. And we are forever indebted to your service. So thank you so much for all you do, veterans. For all those serving in the armed forces around the world. You guys are amazing. And I think that will wrap it up for today. I love you guys very much. And I'll be waiting for you here tomorrow.